uh, man, it's, it's not easy being a good father. Just as it's not easy being a good mother. It, it, it takes, uh, being, being a good father takes dedication. It takes patience, love, and compassion. It takes a willingness to forgive instantly. It takes loving, a, loving your kids when maybe it's not easy to love them. But it's also not caving when they come with them loving eyes and are asking for things, right? It's not caving at them times. No. It is, it is good to be a father. I, I personally thank God that He blessed me with being a father and, and blessed me with the kids that I have. And, and I pray that all of you fathers, all that are fathers, can say the same thing. That it is a good day because you are a father. All right. That's my Father's Day sermon right there, okay? <laughs> We're going to stay in John. Uh, 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 so in that, you know what? If you're new with us here at Beecher Island, thank you for coming. Thank you for, for, for coming to Beecher Island and choosing those doors to walk through this morning. I thank every one of you for choosing those doors to walk through this morning. I, I uh, know there's many options, but you chose to come here. And what a blessing that is for all of us. That you come right here, and, and I also want to say, everybody online that listens, thank you for listening online. If this is your first time listening, keep listening. Don't shut it off. Listen to the whole sermon. I'm warning you and the church, it's going to be a little long today. But it's alright, because Sunday school class was short, so we can go longer here. <laughs> I think. Is that how it works? No. Um, uh, but for those of you that don't know, Beecher Island is an independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. What that means is that we strive to be about His Word. About His Word. About His Word. Not about man's religion. Not about man's legalisms. Not about any of that. And I will tell you, we still mess it up. <laughs> but we try to be in His Word. We try to be of His Word in everything we do. And, and uh, last week... Uh, well, let me just say this. If you are new to this, stick around afterwards. Let us get to know you. Let, it, let us meet you. Uh, uh, show you that we are a, a bunch of messed up people that are just trying. And, and, uh, but we would love to get to know you more, uh, better. Um, so thanks for coming this morning. Every morning, thanks for coming. But last week we started in chapter 17 of the Gospel of John. And, and uh, we talked about... The intimacy of this prayer that Jesus lays out. And we talked about that, that I believe that this should be called the Lord's Prayer. Well, we talked about that, that I believe that, that the Lord's Prayer that's in Matthew and Luke, that, that's very well known as the Lord's Prayer, which is, uh, should maybe be exchanged with this prayer. Because the intimacy that Jesus lays out. And in this prayer, He prays for Himself. He prays for His disciples. And He prays for all believers. As believers, we can know that, that over 2,000 years ago, Jesus prayed for us. He, he prayed for those who follow Him. And what a blessing that is. What a thing to think about. Uh, Last week, and this was awesome, I'll just tell you, last week, um, after church, somebody came up to me and just was asking me for clarification about a verse that I preached on, and I loved it, okay? 
This is what I'm talking about when I say, <clears throat> whatever I preach, come and talk to me. If you have a question, if you have a comment, if you, if you think I'm doing it wrong, if you think I'm doing it right, come and talk to me. Because I want to know. But, but there's one verse in here, verse 3, and then, and, and then we're going to get my sermon. But verse 3, I just want to clarify something in this. Verse 3, chapter 7, 17, verse 3. He says, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have saved. I want to make sure that we understand that it's not just eternal life in the grand future. That's not what he's talking about. He says, this is eternal life. This is eternal life. And I want to make sure that we understand that it is right now and forever. When we believe in the only true God in Jesus Christ. And it is eternal life now and it's eternal life forever. And I want to make sure that we understand that, that it is not something that's just in the far off future, and it is with Jesus. And that starts now too. It is a personal relationship with Jesus, with Him, as we journey along in this life. Eternal life starts now, and it is forever. And I want us to understand that, and I didn't, didn't uh, want to uh, miss... Uh, say that. I didn't want to uh, interpret that wrong, and I want to make sure that we all uh, understand that it is now and it's forever. It is in this journey, and it is real. And it is a relationship right now with Jesus. Jesus is not somebody we, we just set up here, and it's just a, a figure. No, Jesus is the Christ, Son of God, and He is in us. And we can have that relationship with Him now and forever. And that's eternal life. And so, uh, uh, I wanted to make sure that we understood that. That, that uh, I clarified that and, and we can uh, know that this is eternal life. Amen? It is eternal life. Uh, if you will. John 17. John 17. And I know that most of you are probably already there. But if you're not... Turn to John 17, and I'm going to pray. Father God, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You for this prayer that You just pour out. This, this prayer, Jesus, that, that, that we can just hear Your heart. And we can hear the intimacy of the relationship between You and the Father. We can hear the love that You have for Your people. The love that You have for the disciples. The love that You have for all believers. The, the, the want, the want for all to hear Your Word. The want for all to grab a hold of Your Word and understand it and walk in it. And then we can say we are in You as You are in us. Man, what a blessing that is. What a blessing that is that we have this prayer. And I just, I just thank You for it, Jesus. Thank You, thank You. I pray we gain understanding from it, though, right now. Our hearts and minds are open. I pray that we lay everything aside that's of this world, that's of this week, uh, that was yesterday. I pray we set it aside right now and we just focus on You, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Before we read chapter 17, and we're going to read it all again. Uh, um, our memory verse for this study of John. John 20, verse 31. And, and uh, I think next week I'm just going to ask you guys to recite it, just so you know, so be prepared. Okay? Uh, um, why, did you, why did John write this gospel? 
Why did he pour it out? Why, why did he give the details in this that he did? And he says it in John 20, verse 31. He says, but these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing, and that believing, you'll have life in His name. It doesn't get much better. It doesn't get any better. We'll just put it that way. It is good. It is good. And that's why John wrote this. And that's how we have to read this. And that's why the details are in there that are in there. And that's why John puts the detail of this prayer that Jesus prayed in the Gospel of John. And so let's read John chapter 17. And I want you to take it to heart. I want you to, to, to listen to what Jesus prays. Let the intimacy of it be heard. Here it is. Jesus spoke these words. Lifted up His eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify Your Son, that Your Son also may glorify You. As You have given Him authority over all flesh, that He should give eternal life to as many as You have given Him. And this is eternal life, that they may know You, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom You have sent have glorified You on the earth. I have finished the work which You have given Me to do. And now, O Father, glorify Me together with Yourself with the glory which I had with You before the world was. I have manifested Your name in the men whom You have given Me out of the world. They were Yours. They gave them to You gave them to Me. And they have kept Your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I'm no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the Scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you. And these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. And do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in Me through their word. That they all may be one as You, Father, are in Me and I in You. That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that You sent Me. 
And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one, just as we are one. I and them, and you and me, that they may be made perfectly in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me, and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. O oh, righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you love me may be in them, and I in them. Amen, amen, amen. What, what a prayer. What, what a prayer that Jesus just lays out. We're going to focus today on verses 6 through 19, but I couldn't just read those verses because you have to take in the whole prayer to understand what Jesus is praying in these verses 6 through 19. He's praying for His disciples in this set of Scriptures. He's, he, he's just pouring out love to them. And we have to understand that, that what Jesus is praying and, and how it applies. You know, a lot of, time we, we, a lot of times we, we read God's Word and we, we, we want to know what it means for us. How it applies to us. And I do that a lot of times in my sermon of how it applies to us. But you know what? Sometimes you don't have to you don't have to do that. Sometimes we can just read it for what it is and see that he's praying for his disciples. Now, is there things that we can take from this? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's so much for us to, to learn in this prayer. There's so much for us to take and just really evaluate ourselves as we hear Jesus pray this. And how do we apply it? You see, I think we can look at this and just know that uh, who Jesus is and how much love He has. How much love He has. See, Jesus prayed, I have manifested Your name to the men whom You have given Me out of the world. They were Yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Jesus had, had manifested the Father's name to the disciples. And when Jesus said, your name, when He said, your name, He was saying the person, the attributes, the, the characteristics of the Father. He was talking about the Father in this, and you see Jesus fully declared the Father's true nature to the disciples. And He laid out who the Father was to those that would listen. To those that would listen. And He said, those that would listen are those whom You have given Me out of this world. The disciples had been given to the Son out of the world. They had been given to Him. They were, separate, they were separated from the unbelievers. The, the unbelieving mass of people and set apart to belong to Christ. Set apart from the mass of unbelievers. They were the fathers by election before the world was and became Christ by the gift of the Father by the purchase of blood by Jesus Christ. 
But I want us to understand that even the disciples still had to choose Jesus. When Jesus said, pick up your stuff and follow me, they had to choose to follow. They could have walked the other way. They weren't held at gunpoint and said, you're going to follow me whether you like it or not. No, they had to still choose to follow Christ. And they had the choice. They could or could not, but they chose to follow. They chose to follow. <clears throat> See, Jesus goes on to pray, they have kept your word. You know, I love this part. I, I love that Jesus says this. In spite of all their failures and their shortcomings, because we know that they, they failed. We know that they messed it up. But in spite of all those, He credits them to having believed and obeyed His teachings. You see, He didn't, he didn't pray, Father, I, I know that they fell short. I know that they're going to fall short. I know that they've messed it up. I know that they're, they're going to leave me soon. I know that they're going to forsake me. I know that they're going to mess it up. But it's okay, Father. No, He didn't pray that. That's not His prayer at all. See, He said, Father, they've kept Your Word. Father, they've kept Your Word. And He didn't pray a word against His people. Not one word. I had to ask myself a question. And I want you to ask the same question. Do you walk in the newness of Christ every day? Do you walk in the newness of Christ every day? Do you walk in the fact that you are forgiven by the blood of Jesus? And that you've already been purchased. That you have already been forgiven by His blood when you believe. It's already been paid for. The, debt, the debt's done, right? Eternal life has been purchased for you by Jesus. Or do you hold your past over your head? Do you hold yesterday over your head and struggle to see Jesus in the mirror? Church, he's our advocate. He's our defense attorney, if you want to say. And he says, and they have kept your word. I want you to see how Jesus sees you. I want you to see that. Can you do that? Can, can you see how Jesus sees you? I'm going to challenge you. Usually my challenges are at the end, but they're, they're at the beginning this, this time. Every time you look in the mirror this week, every time you look in the mirror this week, will you look in the mirror and say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for seeing me as you see me. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood you shed for me. And I, and I want you to see yourself in the mirror as Jesus sees you. <clears throat> so every time you look in the mirror, say thank you, Jesus. See, he continues in his prayer. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I come forth from you. And they have believed that you sent me. 
You see, the Savior had perfectly represented His Father. And He explained to the disciples that He did not speak or act on His own authority. He didn't do it. No, it he says the Father instructed Him. The Father instructed Him, so they believed that the Father had sent Him. See, I want to make sure that we understand what Jesus wanted His disciples to understand. That He did not originate His own mission. It wasn't originated from Him. He came in obedience to the Father's will. And church, listen, He was the perfect servant of Jehovah. So we go to Deuteronomy 18. Deuteronomy 18, verses 17 through 22. We can see some insight. And at home, read the first part of it because I couldn't read it all today. But Deuteronomy 18, 17 through 22. And the Lord said to me, What they have spoken is good. I will rise up for them a prophet like you from among the brethren, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And it shall be that whoever will not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or whom speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how shall we know the words which the Lord has not spoken? Right here, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken in it presumptuously, you shall not be afraid of it. Now, one word Jesus spoke didn't come to pass. Now, yes, he's coming again. But everything he spoke that would happen in the time frame that he spoke, it all came to pass. It all happened. John 1.45. John 1.45. Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. It's all laid out. Christ did not originate his own mission. He was the perfect servant of Jehovah. The perfect servant. And He has come and given the words which the Father has given Him. Church, have you received them? Have you received those words? And do you, now, do you know for sure that Jesus come forth from the Father? And do you believe that the Father sent Jesus the Christ? You see, uh, I hope so. I pray that. I pray that we can stand in the fact that Jesus would pray this prayer for us. Uh, that's my prayer. See, he said, he said this, For I have given them the words which you have given me, and they have received them, received them, and have known surely that I come forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. As Jesus goes on in his prayer, he goes on in his prayer, he says, I pray for them. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. You see, as Jesus as high priest, he, he prayed for the disciples. Even though he said, I don't pray for the world. 
We've got to take that in context. In no way can we say that Jesus didn't pray for the world. He says it right there. He says it in His own prayer. We have to make sure that we take it in context because at the cross, He said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. He prayed for the world. But not right here. Not right here. He didn't pray for the world. We, we know that He did, but right here in this intimate prayer, He was specifically praying as the one who represents believers before the throne of God. Church's prayer can only be for His own. It wasn't for the world. It was for His own. 1 John 5, 19-20. 1 John 5, 19-20 says, We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true. In His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. And Jesus continued His prayer in verse 10. He says, And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Listen, notice what He says at the end here. Notice, notice these words He says at the end of the sentence. He says, and I am glorified in them. You know, as a parent, as a parent I can best understand this when I think of the things that my girls have done to make me very proud. That, that, that made me really proud. That made me smile. And I want to present them to people as the young ladies that I know that they are. Don't introduce them to people by telling people all their wrongs. I, I don't tell them what they've done that made me mad, that wronged me or wronged somebody else. I, I don't introduce them like that, right? Neither do you. You see, because listen, church, we all fall short of the glory of God. We all sin. And every one of us sins. We all make bad choices. We all make wrong choices. Including my girl. Including me. You see, each one of our kids, each one of our kids will have to choose to pick up their cross and follow. Each one of our kids will have to make that choice for themselves. Pretty soon, mom and dad can't make it for them. Okay? And they have to make that choice for themselves to pick up their cross and follow. But as a good father, I present my girls as I see them. Perfect. Perfect. Perfectly and wonderfully made in Him. That's how I present them. You see, it just proves the overall theme of these verses, of this prayer that Jesus is praying. Jesus is presenting His unworthy, His unworthy and messed up flock to the Father. And He's robing each one of His lambs in a coat of many colors. What a sight. Can, can you picture that? Presenting them as He sees them. Perfect. 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 
Can you picture that? Can, can, you, can you picture that as you read this prayer that Jesus so intimately pours out His grace on His own? And He says, I am glorified in them. I am glorified in them. Church, again, I'm going to challenge you that every, every day when you look in the mirror, you say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And know that you are perfectly and wonderfully made in Him. That you are perfectly and wonderfully made in Him. Now I know I'm going to run a little long because i still got eight more verses to cover. And so if you have an issue, just go ahead and raise your hand and we'll escort you out. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. We'll keep rolling here, but uh, I didn't want to end in the middle of Jesus' prayer here. So we're gonna we're gonna keep rolling here, and um, I promise I, I won't let you burn anything in the crock pot as long as you put it on low. Okay. Hopefully it's on low, not high. But anyways, verse eleven. He says, now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept. And none of them is lost except for the son of perdition, that the scripture may be fulfilled. Jesus prayed that they all may be one. That they may all be one. I believe that, that we have to look at this to re, be, be referring to the unity of Christian character. And we're going to get to talk about this a lot because as Jesus goes on in His prayer, we're going to really dig into this. But, but as the Father and Son are one in moral likeness, so we as believers should be united in this respect. Amen? That we are like the Lord Jesus. That's who we should be like. Listen guys, if we look in the mirror and we see Jesus, shouldn't others around us when they look at us see Jesus? That's why I'm saying we got to be looking in the mirror and make sure that we're seeing Jesus. we got to look in the mirror and say, thank you, Jesus, because Jesus is in us. We are one with Him. A verse that, I, that, that has cropped up a lot lately in my study, in my, in my uh, looking at God's Word, 1 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17. 1 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17 says, Therefore I urge you, imitate me. This is Paul talking. This is Paul saying, imitate me. He says, For this reason I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. Or as he says in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Who are we imitating? You see, I always struggle with it. School trolling here, but 
I've always struggled with this verse because I'm supposed to imitate Christ. But yet Paul here is saying, imitate me. But he's saying, imitate me because I imitate Christ. Don't, don't follow me. Paul's not saying follow me. He's saying follow Christ. And if the only Christ you get to see is me, I want to imitate Christ so you can see Christ. I've never took it personal before. I, I've never thought of it myself. That you know what? I better imitate Christ so that I can say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. never want to do that because it scared me. Because I will fall short. I will mess it up. There will be days that I pray my kids don't imitate me. Yet, Jesus through his whole prayer says they receive me they know me. And they do follow me and are imitating me. You see, because when we go to 3 John 1.11, it says this, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who does, he who does good is of God, but he who does evil has not seen God. Comes with two options. That's the way I mean. We can imitate Christ, or we can imitate evil. You can't be lukewarm. You can't be in the middle. It's one or the other. Now, are you going to fall short when you imitate Christ? Yeah. That's why he's got the blood covered. But the question becomes is who are you one with? Who are you one with? Are you one with the world and evil? Or are you one with Christ and you are an imitator of Him? I, I pray that we take to heart the prayer of Jesus. He says, Holy Father, keep through Your name those whom You have given Me that they may be one as we are one. Who are you one with? Who are you one with? Verse 13, But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word. And the world has hated them because you are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Did you hear his prayer? you should keep them from the evil one. That they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Where is the truth? His word is the truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. We know that the Lord gave God's Word to the disciples. The Lord gave God's Word to the disciples and they received it. 
They received Him with open hearts. And as a result, the world turned and hated them. The world turned against them. The disciples had the characteristics of the Lord Jesus and the world hated Him. The world despised them. They didn't fit into the world. They looked different. They acted differently. They did not conform to the world. They spoke out when people were not right with Christ. And we're looking into the future as, they, as we read in Acts, right? They stood up against what was wrong. They, they didn't let the world change their perspective of who Christ is. Their perspective was not changed and the world hated them because of it. Are we okay with the world hating us? You see, I, I ask this question and I want you to be real with yourself. I want you to be honest with yourself when you answer this question. Are you okay with being an outcast? Are you okay with, 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 with speaking up against things of this world that are pushing into our homes and pushing into our lives and pushing into our churches? Do we say, no, that's not of Christ? Or do we say, you know, I don't want to hurt their feelings? Do we say, well, it doesn't affect me, so it's okay? see, Jesus prays about Judas. Judas had walked with Jesus. He, he had heard all the teaching that had come from the lips of the Lord and Savior. But yet he chose to betray the Savior. I, I want to be clear here. And, and we'll probably talk about this more as we go on, but, but Judas was not made for destruction. Okay, Judas was not made to fulfill Scripture. That's not what Jesus is saying in this. No, Judas chose to betray Jesus and in so doing, fulfilled Scripture. And we can choose to believe in Jesus. We can choose to believe that Jesus is Christ and know that He is the Son of God and we can imitate Him and know that we have life in Him or we can fulfill Scripture. Listen to me. We can choose that or we can choose to fulfill Scripture where it says that many will choose the why. Which leads to destruction. And few will choose the narrow. Which leads to life. Jesus Christ. You see, it's a choice. It's a choice that you have to accept God's Word and believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and in that have life or not. Church, I want you to hear me today. Jesus Christ went to the cross. Jesus Christ went to the cross for you. His body was broken to, to take on all sin. All sin. And His blood was shed so that you could be covered and forgiven. So that when you look in the mirror, you can see Jesus. And see how perfectly He's made you. You see, He rose from the grave to prove that He is the Messiah. And it's in Him that we have life. And it's only in Him that we have life. 
In Him that you may have joy. In Him that you have a place in heaven. It's in Him that you can keep from the evil one. It is in Him that you can be sanctified. And fully sanctified when you get to see Him. It's in Him that you can stand in truth. And in Him that you can be sent into the world, but yet apart from Him. It's in Him that we can have life. Church, say amen if you choose to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Amen. 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 I'm going to invite the music team to come up. And I just want to tell you, I want you to read this prayer this week. Read it every day. I want you to see the intimacy that Jesus lays out in this prayer that He prays to the Father. I want you to really look verses 19 or 20 and following. As next week we get into the prayer that Jesus prays for His believers. As we, as we look at what Jesus prays for us, there's a lot of I and you and you and me in it. But what's it all mean? What's He saying? You see, what I want you to know today, though, is it's in Christ that we have life. And that He is sent from the Father. But yet He's 100% God. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah. And it's in Him and only in Him that we have life. And if you have not chosen Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, today is the day to do it. Today is the day to do it. But if you have already done that, I want you to see who you are in Christ. Okay? We can carry around the load of sin, of, of mess-ups, of falling short. We, we can carry it around. And we can let it weigh us down. And we can let it determine who we are. Or we can lay it all down at His feet. And know and know and know and know that we are perfectly made in Him and that we are covered by Him. And we don't have to carry that sin. We don't have to carry that mess up around with us. When we look in the mirror, see, see Jesus as you imitate Him. That's my prayer for you this week. Know who you are. Know who you are one with. If it hasn't been one with the one that you want to be with, you have a choice to change it. Change it. Change it this week. Walk in Him. Walk in Him. Be an imitator of Christ so that others can imitate you.